Hey, thanks for tuning in to Lighthouse 805 Podcast. Today is our third installment in our Your Turn Now series, looking at the game Operation. Hope you enjoy. <laughs> oh, man. Good morning. Thank you for coming to church today. Thank you for joining us on the podcast if you're listening in. We are continuing in our worship sermon series uh, today. The title and message is Relinquish the False Self. If you have not clued in yet, we are in a seven-week series spelling out the acronym worship, and we are on R. So we will continue out spelling out the word worship throughout the whole series. Relinquish the False Self. Uh, our, series ti- our series name is Your Turn Now. Your Turn Now. Have you ever been in a board game or playing a game of cards and there's, all, there's always that one person? Yes! They just sit there and then eventually everyone's just staring at each other and you're like, whose turn is it? And they're like, oh, it's my, it's your turn! It's your turn now! And then, what you know in the game box when it says like this game will take this amount of time to play? When that person's in the game, it's like just double that time. It's like, come on. It's so, oh. It, Ollie is the funniest. When, when someone's not taking their turn after like one second, he's like, hey, 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 it's your turn. <laughs> he makes you it known. If he's comfortable with you, he'll be louder about it. If he's still a little bit shy on the inside, he'll, he'll stare at you. It's like. <laughs> but your turn now. It's really easy to acknowledge people other people need deeper relationships with god right it's like oh i wish they would do i wish this person i hope this person will clue in it's like oh i see their fault i see their problem blah 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 but really this series is about our turn and taking it now we need to take our own faith into action and grow it okay we, we need to it's so easy to look at other people and what they need to do let's look at ourselves and how to grow deeper with god that's what this entire sermon series is about. It's, it's about the practicality of our faith. It's, it's having spiritual discipline, stuff to practice to, to get the Holy Spirit clued into our lives more and more and more, right? It's not, the Holy Spirit isn't just something where we invite in on Sunday morning and say, man, I, I really want to feel the Holy Spirit and feel all tingly and good and it's awesome. And then it's like we check him at the door and go to work. No, we're supposed to take God with us everywhere. Every moment is an opportunity to worship God. Ups, downs, roller coasters, everything is an opportunity to worship God. Today's message, it's entitled, Relinquish the False Self. Have you ever played the board game Operation? Yeah, that's like, I, okay, how many people know the real rules of the Operation game? Do you, you really do know? You what? That's not the real rules. There's a whole game to it. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever read the rules. There's a whole like, you, you flip cards and you're like, you're trying to amass amount of mo- um, so much money and the- no one plays that rule. Joe, you did when you were a kid. The, I know, there's cards underneath the board game. <laughs> there's money involved. It's <laughs> if you're listening to podcasts, we're all as confused. <laughs> But seriously, I, it, it's a whole thing involved. But really, street rules, we'll call it, is you just try to keep taking things out of the guy, the 
foreign objects that don't belong until you get a buzzer in this next person's turn, okay? Let's just agree that's the real rules of operation, okay? That's, that is how you play it. You, you do it until you get a buzz, and then you're out, right? And then whoever goes for the butterfly, you know they're going to lose every time. So it's like, or the rubber band, that one's so tricky. Uh, it's so funny because it's this, this guy with this light-up nose who is just irritated at everything, who's poking around, you know, that buzzing sound. And it's because it's filled with these foreign objects that don't belong in this man's body, and you have to remove them. But it's painful to him if you hit anything else. You just strike a nerve. And I, I think that correlates to believers, right? We have foreign objects in our lives. Sin, other things going on, frustrations, anger, just things that don't belong there. And the Holy Spirit comes in through self-reflection and, and speaking to us and helping us understand. We read the word of God and God reveals things to us saying, this doesn't belong in your life. And we kind of have a choice. Do we just get irritated at the Holy Spirit, <laughs> make that buzzing sound internally to God? Or do we relinquish the foreign object say, God, Holy Spirit, forgive me, you could take it. That's what today's message is about. It's about this, this operation. Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to do work in us? Are we allowing Jesus to truly sprinkle us with grace and remove the things in our life that really don't belong there? This is, this is a hard one. This is a tough subject to preach on. This is a tough subject to receive. It's a tough subject to see people's faces look at me going, because <laughs> we're, we're, all, we're all clued in. The, the crazy thing is the Holy Spirit's been speaking to us about things in our lives all the time, always. And we know it, we feel it, we sense it, we get it. But we still have that, that choice. Do we allow him to reach and go and take it out? It's so funny because like as I speak, <laughs> I know the Holy Spirit's speaking to all of us individually. What foreign objects? What keeps us from worshiping God? Fully? What is preventing us from trusting God, relinquishing control over our lives? What, what helps us and what's hindering our steps moving forward in our calling? I remember this one, um, this one time I was a kid. I want to say I was five. And whenever I bring up these like old school childhood memories, my wife's like, That's, that, you saw that somewhere. And I'm like, no, I remember it. <laughs> and she's like, no one remembers things when they're that young. I'm like, you don't. <laughs> but she's not here today, so I could say, I can, I can. <laughs> and I remember when I was five, I had one of those, those, it's so vivid, those big, they're called big wheels. You know, it's like really big on the front, and there's two in the small, and you're like, you're, you're pedaling on the wheel or something, you know, along. And I had this vivid memory of having a splinter for far too long in my finger, like to the point where it blistered up and it was all nasty and it was gross. And it got to the point where my mom saw it, like I was hiding it from her. And she was like, what is wrong with your hand? And I was like, nothing. And I'm like trying to like hide it. And I'm like, it hurts so bad all the time. And I remember her going, I got to get it out. And, I'm, and she grabbed me and she held me down because a five-year-old cannot put up enough of fight for a mama bear to come in and take care of their child, right? And so she held me down. She had to get the tweezers, the needle, the everything, get it out, squeeze guck out. And then 
She was, and so I'm just bawling and screaming and angry and mad at her, like, why are you hurting me? And in, in her mind, she's like, I am helping you, and you don't get it, right? So then I remember I am just not letting go. I am mad at her. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. And she's like, get on your big wheel. We're going for a walk. <laughs> so then we just went around the neighborhood, and I'm just, like, screaming and crying the whole way, like, ah! <laughs> you know, and I, I have this vivid memory of, I, I want to call, what are those trucks, Swanson trucks? I remember I had this memory of a Swanson truck pulling up to a neighbor, and mom's like, do you want an ice cream? <laughs> like, as if they're going to, you know, they're not an ice cream truck. <laughs> and so the, she's like, can I buy something? And he's like, no, you have to do orders. And then she went to the neighbor and was like, can we come in? Can I buy an ice cream off you? And the neighbor's like, yes, if that will make your child stop screaming. And we went into the house, and we hung out with them for the day, and I ate their ice cream. But... That was my childhood, okay? <laughs> yeah, good neighbors. There's these moments where we can't move on. We can't continue forward. We can't go on with our lives fully because we have things, obstacles, foreign objects that are making our life miserable. And we want to hide it and hold on to it and just say, no, I'll just deal with it. I'll deal with the small pain rather than dealing with the big pain of removing it. You know, and it only festers and gets worse. What would happen if I just left that spot? I remember, like, it, it was huge. It was nasty. And I had to allow my mom to deal with it. There's so many things in my life. I, I've let things fester, and God needs to deal with it. It's so much easier dealing with it right away than waiting for it to fester and, and get all nasty. We're really looking at, at two spiritual disciplines today to initiate Jesus' grace over our lives. It's inviting the Holy Spirit in to perform operation on us. Number one, submission. Submission. This is like, to the North American church and people group, this is not a great word to hear. What? I want to be my own person and do my own thing. And I was, I was, I was prepping this message, and I, I was thinking about Ollie. He's, he's actually, he's had the flu for a long time, and he's on the mend. He's almost better. Um, please, be, please keep praying for him. But I, I was thinking about him a lot this week. And I was thinking about submission and Ollie. Um, I love asking my kids, what do you want to eat? 99% of the time, I say no, and I'm going to make them what I'm going to make them because it's going to be healthier. <laughs> but I still ask, I don't know. Maybe I'm just... I'm a bad parent. I don't know. <laughs> but Ollie, what do you want to eat today? I like, I ask him all the time whenever I'm in charge of doing dinner or lunch or it's a Saturday or Sunday. I'm like, Ollie, what do you want? Every time, same response. Dada. Dada. McDonald's chicken nuggets. Please, Dada. I love you. I'm like, Ollie, I love you too. No. <laughs> We're not getting McDonald's nuggets. <laughs> That was a test. <laughs> I'm making you good food. And you have some veggies. And no soda. <laughs> I say, uh, my kids don't get soda. <laughs> if any of you give my kids soda, <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> what, why is soda the most controversial thing I've ever brought up in this church right now? <laughs> I've said a lot of things out of the Bible. <laughs> Soda triggered so many emotions. 
Wow. Okay. Anyways, we got to move on. And I was, and Ollie, it's so funny because I was thinking about this. Ollie has to submit to what I give him, right? I prep the food. I cook it. It's going to be good food. It's delicious. I even make it a couple different ways just in case he'll eat it one way or the other. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I make it awesome for him, right? He doesn't want the steamed veggies. He wants the raw veggies. I'm okay with that. Just eat the veggies, you know? But it, it, it's really interesting because with Ollie, let's think about this. If I caved and gave him everything he wanted, whenever he wanted, all the time, I wouldn't be doing a very good job of parenting him, right? I'd keep caving, and then his entitlement would just keep growing. His, his expectancy that he gets his way for his entire life would just keep growing. It's this, this snowball effect that would, have you ever seen those cartoons where the giant snowballs gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger down the hill? And it just destroys buildings in the cartoons. I haven't seen that happen in real life. Although I wanted a giant snowball to happen in real life when I was a kid, but I never got to see it. So that's what happens to kids. And they keep spiraling and spiraling. And, and you have to say, no, your will, I know you're strong-willed, but I need to parent you. I'm not, I can't befriend you right now. And so he has to come under this submission because I know what's best for him. I am his parent. Just like God knows what's best for me. He created me, he crafted me, he built me. I need to submit to God. And likewise, in this exercise, this spiritual discipline, it's, it's not just stopping with God. It's saying, for me personally, I, I, an insight into my life, I would do a disservice to you as a pastor if I was just on my own, not submitted to anyone. I would just do whatever I wanted, right? I have a lot of authorities over my life. The district has a super supervisor that is overseeing me, right? If I do something stupid, I get talked to, right? We can see that in some other things that have happened in other churches. People are just gone, <laughs> because the district helps out, you know? Uh, likewise, I have voluntarily chosen mentors to say, speaking to my life, I'm calling you. Give me insight, give me wisdom. What is the Holy Spirit speaking? I have submitted to authorities in my life. As a believer, do we have authorities that were saying, I'm inviting you to listen to the Holy Spirit, and if he gives you a word over my life, I'm going to accept it. Th those are the things that we're talking about in this. Having the submission Hebrews 13, 17, be responsible to your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. They are alert to the condition of your lives and work under the strict supervision of God. Contribute to the joy of their leadership, not its drudgery. Why would you want to make things harder for them? Three of the, spirit, the, the fruits, if you will, of having submission in your life is A, deeper relationships. It's one thing to be superficial and fake, but it's another level when you say, God, I, I want to submit to you, but I also want to have a mentor in my life, a spiritual supervisor, a pastor, or someone who's going to hold me accountable, someone who's going to speak into my life. It, it creates this deeper relationship. That's a, that's a fruit of this. Be approachable. By practicing submission, we foster approachability 
from loved ones when they hear the Holy Spirit over our lives. Approachable. If you built up so many walls that no one can approach you, you're cutting off ties for the Holy Spirit to speak through people because you have all these things going on in your life. Approachability. When you practice submission saying, man, what, what are you hearing? What are you, you open up these avenues for, the, for God to speak in more ways over your life. But, again, please, have discernment. If it's something against the word of God, you know, have a check, okay? C, freedom from rebellious attitude. When we practice submission, where you remove the attitude that blocks corporate growth. Rebellious attitude. My, my, one of my mentors, my, my senior pastor, one of the things he said once, and I'll never forget this. He said, laziness is a subtle form of rebellion. Laziness, saying, oh, I'll get to it, I'll do it, oh, I'll forget to it, oh, uh, you know, whatever. It's a subtle form of rebellion. It's a rebellious spirit that we have allowed into our life to subtly not do what God is calling us to do. It's crazy. When, when we have submission in our lives, we're, we're saying, God, remove all aspects that, I would, that would make me halt the movement of your will, halt the movement of our church, halt the movement of my family, my friends. Laziness wants to come in and say, oh, I'll, I'll talk to that person someday. I'll, I'll offer up prayer someday. And God's saying, I need it today. I need you to pray with that person today. Oh, I'll get to it. Um, when? Because I have a countdown in 15 minutes that you need to call them. You know, the, the Holy Spirit prompts us, and we need, to, we need to make those decisions. Submission. Number two, the other practice is confession and self-examination. Confession and self-examination. Uh, how many people uh, remember our church when we had, like, this crazy plumbing issue? Is this, like, that was crazy? The back, the, the kids' building, the toilet just stopped working. The sink just stopped working, right? We were like, oh, it's a clog. <laughs> we, we tried everything ourselves. We, we poured, Sterling, how, many, how much stuff do we pour down? How many things do we, <laughs> Sterling just shakes his head and looks down. It was ridiculous. It wasn't until we called a professional to come in, assess the situation, and help us with it. That's the same parallel in our lives with confession and self-examination, saying, God, I see what's going on here. I've been dealing with it, and I need a professional. I need someone to come with me in my life, someone who I trust and who you trust, God, to, to work with through confession and self-examination. It's saying, I, I, ha I have a clog in my life, and things are just backing up, and I can't deal with it any longer. Right? I, I, need, I, need, I need someone. I need someone to come in. That's the concept of this. this. James 5.16. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. Whole and healed. One of the fruits of confession and self-examination is, is Christ-likeness. 
When we confess, we, we turn over foreign objects just like, just like the board game operation, right? Saying, God, here, here, is, here is this. It represents entitlement. This represents pride. This represents my anger. This represents my frustration. This represents my laziness. And, and we start self-examining through the power of the Holy Spirit to say, Jesus, would you cover this sin with your grace and remove it from my life? That's, that's, that's what this is about. We have this Christ-likeness saying, Christ, I want to be like you. You came on this earth and you lived a perfect life. You, you died and rose again. And, and I want to be like you, Jesus. B, savoring the gift of salvation. I love the word savoring. Man, have you ever had like a really good steak? Like, like, just hear me out. I'm not saying a like, I'm throwing on a barbecue because I got nothing else to do tonight and I'm gonna put it on my plate. This is pretty good, great, now let's move on. That's not what I'm getting at here. Like a steak. <laughs> like the steak. The, the steak that you like remember years later about. The steak, when you go to like a steakhouse and it's elegant and they got those little wands that they, they take the crumbs off the table with, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Those little crumb removers. If you haven't seen one of those, you are missing out on life. It is fascinating. I don't know why. And then the, the, you order your steak and they're like, and, and they, 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 it's a joke because they say, oh, how, how done do you want your steak? In the back of their mind, they're saying, there is no other option besides medium rare. Whatever this person says, they're getting a medium rare. <laughs> And, and if you have your, you know, and it's like you order it, you wait, and you're, 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 you, can, you can smell when it's up, right? The waiter starts bringing it, and, and they start bringing it, and you can see the little steam coming off. The, the truffle butter is like melting on the side, and then it's like coming, and it's like they put, your, your mouth is just watering, and it, they put it down, and they're like, your plate's hot, and you're like, I don't care. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to touch it anyways. And then, and then it just slices like butter, and you put the first bite, and you're like, what is this magic? What are they doing back there? I've never been able to do this in my own kitchen. There's magic going on. And so that kind of steak, there's a savoring involved, right? It's not, it's not just this, like, oh, I'm good, let's go. You know, let's hit up uh, Wendy's and get a Frosty right now. You know, you're, you take your time with that steak because you know you're not going to have another one for a while. This, this steak changes lives. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> so it, it, there's a savoring involved with it. You know, the, the best thing that you've ever had in your mouth that you took a bite of, it's this concept of when we have salvation with Jesus, it's the best thing that ever happened in our entire lives. And the moment when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we confess our sins and we say, you are my Lord of my life and you are Lord in my life and I, I believe in you. It's, it's the best experience of our entire lives. And it's this moment saying, God, I want you to echo my salvation forever. I, I, I want to have you a part of my life. I want to experience your grace, your mercies. I, I, I live for you. And it's a savoring moment that happens with Jesus. We say, God, I'm confessing again. And it's like we have this guilt, we have this shame, and he takes it away. And, and it's this savoring that happens. It reminds us of our, our salvation when it first initiated. It's not that we have to re-up our salvation. It's that we're savoring our initial salvation. 
through self-examination, we savor what Jesus did for us on the cross by looking at what he is continually doing in our lives. And then see, the last fruit for <clears throat> confession and self-examination is compassion. This is something that's just, it's such a beautiful fruit that happens. See, when, when we confess our sins and we say, God, I have this in my life, I have this foreign object, I need this removed, and we, we specifically call it out to God. Or we partner with someone and say, I need you to partner with me on this because I, I, I don't want to give it up. You know, I, I need help. What happens is we, we get this compassion for others that are going through something that we used to go through. And it's like, man, they, they're stuck where I used to be stuck. I have freedom now but they're there. Do you know what the difference between passion and compassion is? See, pa passion means, oh, I feel bad for that person. Well, I need to keep going with my life. <laughs> compassion is the action of doing something for what you feel passionate about. See, when, when you see someone stuck, the difference between passion and compassion is compassion is saying, I, I am going to be vulnerable and tell them, hey, I, I was there. I was stuck. But can I talk to you about how Jesus intervened in my life? I know you're a believer too. Can I talk about how the Holy Spirit started revealing stuff and how I did this and, and what God did with me? Can I partner with you in this? There's something about trying to be a lone ranger in our faith versus two or three gathering, coming together in prayer. Where two or three gather. Right? I wish that was a verse or something. You know, it would just be, be really good. Solid verse. God, God is really speaking to our church about the practicality of our faith. Right? Not the comfort and complacency that Jesus is awesome and I love it and I accept it, but it's saying, God, I, I want to I take my turn with you. Holy Spirit, work through me. I want my faith to be in action. I want to step out. I, I, want to, I want to live fully in worship of you. Every day where I go and I walk, I want to be in constant prayer, constant worship, and, and I want to live this life for you and with you. And I want to take as many people to heaven and to restoration as I can through the power of Jesus Christ. That's our goal. So, what we're going to do is we are going to break up. If you're interested in practicing submission this week and getting uh, the practical steps of that, uh, submission is going to be in the back, right back there. Uh, confession and self-examination is going to be uh, right here. And so if you're interested, come here, go back there. Uh, if there's a fruit that popped out to you saying, you know what, I, I, want, I want that in my life. I want that fruit. Um, I want to challenge you to, to pick one, go there. Uh, also, on the we church website, you can download the other images or the PDFs of the other practices. So practice one this week, and maybe in a couple weeks, practice the other one. Um, so at, at the end of the series, you'll be able to go through and go read back through. And uh, if you want to practice any of the other practices, keep going. There's enough to last a lifetime. <laughs> Amen? All right, so submission back there, confession and self-examination up here. Go ahead and stand up and start moving towards the fruit that you want to see in your life uh, starting this week.
class and you're interested in downloading the uh, spiritual disciplines uh, handout, you can go to our website, Lighthouse805, and find our podcast corresponding to what you're listening to right now. And with that, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I just pray for a supernatural charge over us, a, a mantle to be placed on us, that we would step out in our faith, invite the Holy Spirit in, and really practice this. Practice allowing you to speak into our lives of what we need to work on. Lord, we, we want to see our, our faith developed. That image of, of how you mix all the ingredients to make bread, but there's this kneading process, this folding, this pressing, this mushing, this, this overworking process that has to happen before the bread can rise. Lord, that's, that's the spiritual disciplines, allowing you to knead us. Lord, we invite you in this week. In your mighty name, amen. amen. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this last installment in Your Turn Now, Relinquish the False Self. For the other PDFs in the series, opportunities to explore some of the other sessions. Uh, for other podcasts, visit our website at lighthouse805.com. Talk to you soon.